Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez, and I'm Tim Flaherty, the Christian talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truths of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. Welcome to another week beyond the walls. I'm Tim Flaherty, your co-host here with Pastor Israel Rodriguez. Muy buenos dias. Good morning to our, all our radio listeners. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. And today we have a wonderful guest here in our studio, Pastor Dave McGarra. Dear Flat Church, how are you doing, Pastor? Thank God. I'm doing good. Yeah, nice to be with you. And you just rushed over here from a from a long a long drive from out in the sticks, I hear. Yeah. I had to go to some meetings because when you're lonely, bored and have no friends, you call a meeting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, as you all know, we have the the beginning of the, the show we always do a few minutes to talk about something that is on my mind and hopefully can help you out there. And we call it the the question of the week. And so, Pastor, this week, my question is, how do you deal with stress? What's the biblical, what, what's the, what's the biblical process? What's the, what's, what does God tell us in the Bible about stress? And, about, and, and then just from you personally, and Pastor Dave, if you want to answer this too, we'd love to hear just your perspective of, you know, how do you deal with stress? Yes, I, I try to talk to, try to talk to God and talk to others, you know, and uh, as I and look for opportunities to take care of myself. You know, I try to stay uh, out of what the whole media world is trying to bombard you, you know, with coming from Venezuela and uh, whatever scenario that we had to go through, we just stay away from that. I remember Dave asking me one time, you know, how do you keep up with the news? I said, well, our neighbors, they are the news, you know, for us. And uh, as you engage with the community and you connect with your uh a church family, you know, that's, that that helps you to look at the problem and the different situations from a different perspective, you know, rather than looking at the glass half empty, you start to look at it as half full, you know, and then you start counting your blessings. So taking a walk, you know, and, and exercising helps me get stress re- relief, you know, a lot. So my wife and I join a health club. And uh, when we are, you know, tired or have a lot of things to think about, just go for a walk, and that helps you a lot. Wonderful. And Pastor Dave, tell me a little bit. I know I, I see you so busy so many times, and I hear from my brother who works for you for so many years just how busy you are and how much you – and I can't imagine the totality of the stress that comes upon being the leader for so many years. As you, How did you deal with stress for all that time? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I think several things when I think about, you know, being stressed. 
Uh, number one, I think about stressed spelled backwards is desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that helps, but... Uh, sweet. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I think, you know, just as Israel just mentioned, I think, you know, a stressful day versus an easier one is uh, many times determined by our perspective. And I think sometimes one of the best things that happens for me is when you think you have issues that you're under stress over, and then you get around people who've got <laughs> real issues that they're stressed over, you realize, you know what, in perspective, mine, mine is minimal. And you, you begin to feel really fortunate. So you, you get around people who have trouble, you realize, I, I, I don't really have trouble. Or you get around people who've got really big problems, I don't have problems. And I think the same is true for, for stress, things that you know put us under stress. But you know, stress comes in all different kinds of forms. And one of the things I think over the years I've realized is one way or the other, it's going to eventually take a toll on your physical body, which tells you that your mind, how powerful your mind is, that it can p impact your entire health, your physical makeup. So yeah, one way or the other, if you don't deal with it, it's going to uh, have a, a definite impact on your body. Well, thank you for that, and we'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. Looking for a place to worship and connect in the Caldwell area? Come and join us at Deer Flat Church. We offer two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m., providing flexibility to fit your schedule. Our services are filled with uplifting music, inspiring messages, and a warm, welcoming atmosphere. We believe that everyone is welcome, no matter where you are in your faith journey. Come see for yourself and experience the joy and fellowship of our community. Visit DeerFlat.org to learn more about our services and events. We look forward to seeing you there. And we're back, and I just, again, want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors. We really appreciate Estegos.org, you know, providing us the funding to make this possible. It's uh, incredible. If you're a preacher out there and you're looking for resources, please log on to Estegos.org and sign up for our community warehouse. We have a, a ton of things that you can use for your ministry, and we'd love to help you out. So, Pastor, we're back, and I've been excited about this interview, having an opportunity to talk to Pastor Dave for a while, and I know a little bit about him now as the man he's become over these decades, but what I really am curious about is where did Dave come from? What, what is, where, how did he grow up? What was his beginnings? What led him to this? What was pre-Pastor Dave like? What was it just to be Dave McGarrah as a young man? Pastor, tell us a little bit about how you grew up and where you're from. Well, I hope our listeners don't get put to sleep by this. But um, my mom and dad were uh, native Southern California people. So I was born right next door to Pasadena in a small community called Maywood. And um, my dad was a little bit of a late bloomer in going to college. And I had an older sister at this point when I arrived. And uh, and my dad was uh, finishing up his college prep to uh, go into ministry. I think that he took his first church in 
northern Washington State, just below the Canadian border. And I, I don't remember moving there. I, that happened when I was going on three years of age. But I did most all, all of my growing up in western Washington. I loved baseball as a kid. I still like baseball, but growing up in western Washington, I, I loved playing baseball any time I had a chance. And I remember every year when baseball season came around, our first opening game was always rained out. I mean, it was always <laughs> raining in western Washington. So anyway, I, I loved living there, though, and, uh, and doing most of my growing up uh, there in western Washington. And, you know, my dad being a preacher was something that was easygoing when I was a child. Uh, the older I got, the more I realized, you know, this comes with a few complications because uh, my be behavior has a direct impact on my dad's ministry. He used to say, say stuff to me privately, this is not helping my ministry. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, I'll just add to this. Uh, my brother tells me that all the time. <laughs> a lot less now. Tim, than... this isn't helping my ministry. Yeah. Well, I understand why he would say that to you. But anyway, uh, yeah, he would say stuff like that to me. This is not helping my ministry. So anyway, um, I just, you know, uh, couldn't wait to really get out of the house and, and not li live under this kind of unrealistic expectation about uh, I guess the preacher's kids. You know, it's funny because uh, I realized when I became an adult that the biggest reason why we, we, we were the way we were is because we hung out with all the layman's kids. Right. And <laughs> they influenced us. So anyway, it was, a great, it was a great experience growing up in the parsonage. Mm -hmm. And you lived right behind the church, like old school? Most, yes, most, most of my years, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and did you... Did, were you planning? I mean, sounds like you weren't planning to go into the ministry. Zero. You, zero. What, zero. What were you planning to do with your life? Well, I, it's, it's really kind of an interesting story. My dad moved us. Uh, I think I just finished up my, my junior year, and, and we moved from Washington to Ogden, Utah, which is a pretty dramatic shift. Yeah. And I got involved there in high school, and the, there was a biology teacher that took a a real interest in me. I loved science and wanted to be this crazy scientist. And so he would take some personal days off and drive up to Logan, Utah, where uh, Utah State is, and introduce me to professors up there in the science department and just show me around. And it, it was a very good, very good time. Anyway, long story short, I ended up being offered a full ride four-year scholarship in the science department. At Utah State? Yes. Wow. And so I, I was set on heading off to school and become this mad scientist, only to uh, have my direction wrecked and changed in a whole different way when God decided, no, I don't think you're going to do that. <laughs> Tell me, what happened? How did you know that it was God that set you on a different path? Well, I was, uh, I was miserable living in the parsonage, and... When God began to deal with me about giving myself to ministry, I was quite a distance away from God. And um, what is now my wife, who I met, I think on her sixteenth birthday, she was she was the real deal. She she had a relationship with with God like I had never seen, and uh, it was very winsome. 
And so in getting acquainted with her and watching her and seeing how she lived her life, I became more interested in what it would what it would truly be to, to die to yourself and avail yourself to God. But in the meantime, while he was dealing with me, I was doing a Jonah. I was running as fast as I could in the opposite way, and uh, it was the last thing I, I wanted to do. In fact, I was convinced as I fought God over this that God must want me to be miserable the rest of my life. <laughs> And I'm sure he was doing exactly what you're doing. He was, you know, busting a gut, thinking, you know, this kid has no idea what I can do for him. Yeah. You know? So you didn't go to Utah State. No, I, I, what's really wacko is I also had an invitation to the Air Force Academy. And so I had both of these wonderful opportunities knocking at my door. But uh, God was yanking on my other ear and... I just was dreading that. And the only thing, I always dreaded it because the only thing I ever saw in growing up in the church was the dysfunctional side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my dad was a very, very good troubleshooter. So they would ask him to go to these churches that were on their last leg. And he felt like the voice of the church was the voice of God. So, yes, sir, yes, sir. And we'd pack up and go and show up. And there's... Two widows and three weirdos left in the church, and uh, I just thought, <laughs> this is uh, this is crazy, you know. And it was the same thing at the next church we went to. Only there was three widows and two weirdos. And oh uh, I used to say to my dad, "Listen, how come we are always at the church with the weirdos?" Mm -hmm. And he would say, "Trust me, there's enough weirdos to go around for every church." <laughs> uh. <laughs> So anyway, the only thing I had to look forward to was what I had experienced. I had never seen the healthy side of a church. And so that's why I was convinced God must want me to be miserable. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to Estegas.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at astegas.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to astegas.org. Hey, this is Pastor Dave Magira from Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 10.45, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. So Dave, I hear you saying that you felt like, like Jonah running away from God and his calling upon your life. So what, what was that turning point? How do you describe that inflection point in your life to go after I think, once God? again, Jonah is the best example. You know, he got worn down. He, he tried to run, and everything came against him until he finally, you know, said, okay, I, I give up. I mean, he was, he was worn down. And he knew he knew in his knower what he what God wanted, and I, I was the same point. I, I I got worn down. I finally threw up the white flag and surrendered and said, "I, I can't do this anymore." If you want me to be angry, uh, uh, if you want if you want me to be 
you know, miserable the rest of my life, then I'm going to do this. And so I yielded myself. And I knew it was a call to, to, to ministry. I didn't know what it would look like, but I decided I'll just mind God and see, see where it goes. And so I yielded myself and uh, went off to college to study for ministry. And, and I put the, the other two opportunities I had in the rearview mirror, burned the ships, and never went back. So, how did you pick your Bible college? I mean, I'm I, what I'm imagining is, and forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but you must be senior year of high school. You know, you've got these great, these two great offers. You're struggling. Things are, you know, like you said, you're miserable. God's making, you know, God yeah. has has placed you in this place where, in this, He's given you these probably enormous obstacles that you have to overcome. There's probably behavior issues. There's probably struggles with your, you know, with everything you're trying to do. You're trying to, I mean, heck, the Air Force Academy, full ride to Utah State. I mean, these are young men are blown away by the, the, those opportunities. And, and yet you set those down and you pick up this calling to service yeah, but it was a huge wrestling match, <laughs> huge because in, in on top of all that, I had uh, I was turning eighteen, I was getting ready to graduate, the draft was still happening, and first of January, your draft numbers came out. They were published in the newspaper, and I went down and looked at your birth date, and there's your draft number. I was number three, oh. and a bunch of the guys I was going through high school with who were ahead of me, uh, they got drafted. And uh, some of them never came home. So I was uh, endeavoring to pursue the Navy in the midst of all this just to be able to avoid being drafted into the Army. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was unwilling to serve. It's just that I didn't want to do it in the Army. And so in March of my year of graduation, Nixon stopped the draft. Wow. And so it's it, this was a piece off of me, but it was one of those additional pieces to all that was going on because I thought, well, if nothing else, I will be on a ship running in the opposite direction. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, you know, it all came down to this uh, total yielding, and I had no idea what all would come of that. I just decided, you know, I know I'm going to have to go off to college and uh, prepare myself for whatever the Lord would have for me, whatever that was. So was there a moment where you knew that you weren't going to go to these other colleges and and then you sought sought some advice from maybe your dad or from yeah. another person? What, what was that like? What did that process? You know, I was at church on a Sunday night and uh, there was an invitation given at the close of the service and a friend of mine went down down front to pray. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go down there and uh, say a prayer with him. So I went down front, and the, basically the, the Lord whispered, what are you doing talking to him? <laughs> You're supposed to be talking to me, you know? Because at this point, I'd still blown God off, you know? He's, what are you doing talking to him? Yeah. And that's, that's the night I yielded and, and decided, okay, I can't, I can't go on any further. You win. I'm dead. Whatever you want. And so that became the real turning point, but that's how it happened when I was trying to, you know, push God off by caring about somebody else and their spiritual issue. And God said, no, this keeps getting in the way. Let's, let's resolve it. So, yeah, so I, I, I began to do some homework about where to go to school at. 
And growing up, I grew up in uh, the Nazarene denomination, and the Nazarene denomination has a variety of colleges. And so I went off to college in Colorado Springs and uh, did my biblical studies there. And what was really cool about that particular location, it was a school that they had put together that had the best of liberal arts and the best of the school of theology and seminary. So you got the you got the best of both by the time that you you finished. Incredible. Yeah. And you did your wife go with you? I mean, you said you met her when she was sixteen. Yes. Did she follow you to Bible college? Yeah, she went through college as well, and uh, we ended up getting married in in uh, Utah. And uh, went to, went to school in Colorado, and when we finished there, we moved to Idaho. Yeah, which town did you move to in Idaho? We went to the mighty metropolis of Payette. <laughs> it was the happening place. I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> it had a brand new A and W root beer place. It was it was happening, and uh, my dad was at a small church there, and that's why we moved there. I was just going to drain his brain. And uh, small, so we volunteered. I, I worked a full-time job, and then we, uh, we served in the church and volunteered. We did that for two and a half years. And it was after that that uh, we got to ask if we would take a church in the mighty metropolis of Gooding. Oh, my gosh. I've been to Gooding. Uh-huh. There's, there, there used to be a bowling alley, but now I think it's a Baptist church. It's a Calvary Chapel, yeah. But you know what's interesting is they they were willing to give us that church because they knew we couldn't wreck it any more than it already was. <laughs> you know, that's great. But you know what I think is amazing about this story, and I I'm sure people out there there re- is resonating with them too, is that here you were this preacher's kid, and you know you you were you were running away from the church, probably to do anything else, mm-hmm. you know, maybe be a doctor. Or I a, promised God I would I'd be the biggest money maker and I'd give the most money and I'd volunteer in the church. None of that worked. And then <laughs> you have this inflection point and you go to Bible college and when you graduate, where do you go but right back to your dad to learn as much as you can from someone who you could have been learning from all along. Yep. And truth be told, you probably were learning from all along even though you didn't know. And to to me, that's that's great. That's an inc- that's an incredible story. Yeah, the first time he was learning as a PK, now he's learning as the pastor. You know, <laughs> coming out from seminary, which makes a big difference there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. We'll be right back. Are you a local pastor who needs supplies for your church or nonprofit? The Estegos Community Warehouse is the place for you. You can find a plethora of items such as teaching supplies, toys, bedding, and even garden supplies and decor, all at discount prices, some even 90% off retail. You can join Estegos Community Warehouse by going to estegos.org and filling out an application. Membership is free and only takes a few minutes to sign up. That's estegos, A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org. Deer Flat Church is a place for everyone. It is a church where you can be accepted as you are, experience an amazing depth of grace, and heal your hurts. It is the perfect place for imperfect people. Come and check out their services, both in person and online. They meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. for a traditional service and 1045 for a more contemporary service. Deer Flat Church is located at 17703 Beat Road in Caldwell and online at deerflat.org. Come and join the fellowship. And we're back 
thank you again so much for joining us today for Beyond the Walls. And uh, again, thank you to our sponsor, Stegos.org, for helping us pay the way for this because this is, you know, it's one of these things that it's so important to share the the church beyond the walls, you know, and as the pastor always likes to say, where there are two and th- two or three gathered together in his name, in his name, he is in their midst. Yep. And if he is in their midst and he's the head of the church, why do we call that gathering of two or three? The church. We call it the church. Yes, that's correct. Tim, uh, um, um, I'm proud of you. Have you been learning these scriptures and you're making them, you know, your model in life? And, uh, you know, thinking on the first, you know, question about how to deal with stress, I was reminded of my dad when he used to tell me, if, if, if the problem have a solution, what is the problem? And if your problem does not have a solution, what is the problem? First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Jesus cares for you. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you feel. He knows that that situation, that trial, that test is not bigger than what you can resist. He is giving you a way. He is giving you his word to, to trust in him. So I, I, I just want to encourage you to, to, to cast all of those anxieties, all of those worries and troubles uh, uh, upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He cares. He will give you the victory. He has made you and me more than conquerors, more than overcomers because of what he did on the cross for all of us. Salvation is knocking at your door is only found through Jesus Christ. Trust in him. He will make that way. Tim. Amen. We'll see you next week with another episode with Pastor Dave. 